You're listening to your neighbors. Your I'm listening. You're listening. I always hear the beat coming in, and we're like, I just see us strolling down the street in some bell bottoms. Yeah, it scrolls up from the feet. I'm listening to your neighborhood. You're listening. You're listening to your neighborhood, a podcast for uncomfortable culture conversation, specifically about race. With Hannah and Jackie. Okay, so. Hey, Jackie. Hey, Hannah. I. Okay, we did take a deep breath. Yeah. I don't think this topic is heavy. I just think life is heavy right now. Yeah, life is heavy. Life is heavy right now. So um, we both just logged on to our Zoom and saw each other and just admitted that we both have kind of heavy hearts. But um, I'm happy to still be here and be doing this. I think there was an impulse for me to shy away from it. And um, and I am so glad that I did not follow that impulse. I'm glad that you didn't, too, because I think it's easy to say, I'll do this another time when you're trying to juggle many things. But um, I find in this closet with you on the other end (laughs) is a happy place. And if I had given that up today, I think there would have been some deep regret, even though I am not feeling like my best self, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I'm, as I said, I'm going to allow myself to have my own feelings because right now it's not me. That's the problem. It is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) But my but the feelings that others are provoking are causing (laughs) me, you know, so it's just a lot. It's just a lot. But we're going to keep going because this work is not only fun, it's necessary. Well, and the thing that I'm just new to is that obviously shows are are made well in advance of when they are released to the public. We are just coming in hot on a Tuesday after Memorial Day, so this won't air until much later. But, oh, I guess we never said. We're talking about Juneteenth today. Yes. Did you know? <laughs> Hello. You We're didn't not talking know? about our heavy hearts. We're... That's, just a, that's just a mere thing that's happening on the side. <laughs> because it may be unknown to many Americans, but there's actually two Independence Days in the United States of America. I said United States, and when I said that, I'm like feeling like it's not so United States of America right now. Yeah. (laughs) Not so United States. America is a better thing to call it. America. But you know, Jackie, I had heard about it, Mm like-ish, heard the word, kind of had a general understanding, but felt like in my general haziness that this was kind of like an African-American holiday like Kwanzaa, like not a not a space for me, just right. a thing that was happening separate from me. But the episode that listeners can look back to with you and Christina talking about Juneteenth was the first one where it really unpacked it for me. And it's just mind boggling to think that I could get so far growing up in the South and have yeah. like never understood anything about it? Well, I mean, 
I know that maybe being in the South, it may make you closer to it, but I'm from the Midwest and I never heard of it until I was an adult. Like, I have not. Tell me, I want to know how you heard about Juneteenth. I don't really have a clear idea, but I remember being like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, how did I, I had this moment of like, how come I didn't know this? Like, why, why? And then it's like, you know what? Uh, I don't know why I didn't know it, but I want to learn more about it. And I remember kind of um, at that moment finding out more information. And it's really weird because I don't know how I was told or what what it was. But um, even after finding out, it was never really at the forefront of my mind um, mm. until... Until I started doing my own history lessons with my little citizens, mm. like that's when when I started taking a lot of control of their learning over the summer uh -huh. is when I was like, yo, this is really important on this day. This is what it is. And even things like Quantiza, that it just never it was never something that was like, oh, we do this because we're black Americans. It was just like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a thing. But when I took ownership of of their education is when I really, really dug into it and started acknowledging it for what it is. And do you remember what like around what age that was? Gosh, I, I'm. I'm in my 30s, in my late 30s now. Um, it had to be er, late 20s, maybe. Late 20s. Mid, mid to late 20s is when I That's found how old out. You were. How old were the kids? Oh, how old were the this little citizens? They were probably around uh, nine. My son mm -hmm. was probably around nine years old, which made my daughter probably about four. Okay. Four or five. So it's a real thing. And it's really cool because... On Juneteenth, in the home that I own, I started putting out American flags and African-American flags, but on my house on the daily, just the African-American flag waves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. there was a lot of like, what is she doing? What is she about? So it gives me the opportunity. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> like, who is this woman? Are you Jamaican? That's what people <laughs> So then I have to explain and then I am able to talk about the flag and what it means and why there's the idea that everybody, the reason why we have the African-American flag is because there was a song in the late 20s that was like, everybody got a flag except for a Negro. And then, yeah, that was the wow. song. And so there was Marcus Garvey and um, I can't remember the United, it was like a coalition that came up with this flag for African-Americans and then then I stroll into the independence piece of it, you know, like, you know, even though that was back in the 1800s, here is what we went through with just having a home to getting to this flag. So it's just become uh, a part of, uh, yeah, I don't celebrate the 4th of July, though. So <laughs> so did you switch when you when you found out about it? I mean, did you had you been celebrating 4th of July? Yep. OK. Yep. I, I just it, it because that. If we're looking at actual independence, in a sense, you know, in the written form, if we're looking at, um, because even for, I think, Fourth of July, it was only independence in the written form, right? Like, there's mm -hmm. still some growth that had to happen for true independence. So if we're mm -hmm. celebrating independence in the written form, um, June 19th, 1865 is the day to me. Well... Let's let's take this little moment to press a pause button because I want to get into how you celebrate more. But I think we should fill in people who might not know about 
what it is and why it is. Because that day, okay, help me on this history. Is that the day that they rode into Galveston and the last slaves finally heard Mm -hmm. what had happened that was yeah. that was like the last wave. So June 19th celebrates General Granger's arrival in Galveston. Mm-hmm. And then even then, weren't there some slaves who didn't hear and whose slave owners kept it from them to get through harvest season and then and then free them? Absolutely. So you've got the folks just finding out. And then that were it wasn't like we could pick up a cell phone and be like, hey, yo, did you find out? Did you know? Like, was right. no, there was no internet to spread the news that fast. So, like, I'm assuming that it still took time. And like you said, it, it was at the behest of some of these slave owners to really say it's okay. Little, little, little known fact is that some of the, um, um, not all of the slaves were immediately freed. It took more troops to come in and spread the word <laughs> and enforce it right yes 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 and, and the thing about it is is that some of those uh slave owners encourage their folks to just come on just keep working just mm-hmm. just keep working because when you're free like and you have nothing what do you do where, where do you go right when you're free what do you what what you do yeah so there was then talk of um 40 acres and a mule and that, and that there would be given this land between Georgia and Florida along the waterfront, and that they would be given protection from the U.S. military. And the 40 acres and a mule came from the U.S. government asking a group of black leaders what they would like. How can we make this right? Mm-hmm. And so 40 acres and a mule was given back as the answer or at least the 40 acres was first, and then the mule came later, I think. But then that was all set to happen. So, And they said, do you want to live, you know, how, how would you like to live on your own, in your yeah. own area or mixed in? And they said, we don't really feel safe mixed in, um, foreshadowing. <laughs> and then, and then, um, so they were going to have, it was going to be land divided up that would have been the slave owner's land divided up. Right. Um, and then Andrew Johnson was elected and threw the whole thing out. Yeah, I remember you asking, like, what would our lives look like if Andrew Johnson hadn't been elected? Yeah, this really makes me this really makes me pretty angry, this part, because because we all lost. We lost more than we know, we white people, by that not happening. Definitely didn't lose as much as black people. I just, I'm furious because of the way life could have looked like now. The number of lives that could have been spared. Yeah, It just set up this whole thing that I just, now, like, how do we come, how do we come out of this thing? Because that was the moment to do it. Yeah. I read something talking about um, comparing J- Juneteenth to... Um, Like, what happens if after 9-11, we did nothing to commemorate this massive trauma and tragedy that we suffered as a country and and how so many things have changed because of that event in how we do things? So we've never had any memorial or anything to acknowledge that moment. And then the lack of an acknowledgement has allowed you and me to get 
into our 20s and 30s before we even understood the significance of this holiday. Well, it's also important to note that a year after this, that freed slaves actually tried to commemorate the anniversary. So uh, unfortunately, off top, it was like, y'all free now? Then that's when segregation laws started, right? So like, there's right. got to be a way to, to hold you down. So in the 1870s, uh, former slaves, they pulled together $800 and uh, purchased 10 acres of land and they had deemed that land Emancipation Park. Uh, it was mm-hmm. it was uh, the only public park and swimming pool in Houston that was open to African Americans up until nineteen fifty until nineteen fifties. Until the nineteen fifties. Yeah. This is why I think it's important for us to acknowledge our lives are legislated. So in the nineteen fifties, segregation and those sorts of things became enforceable. Mm -hmm. Just like they couldn't get to those those slaves down in Texas and enforce the emancipation of them. There was no way to enforce it all the way over there in Texas. As we grew up a bit as a nation, we learned there was a learning of how to legislate your rights or legislate what it is that you want. So public until the 1950s, because that's when we got hit hard, right, with all Mm -hmm. of the, the, you know, the separate but equal, the Jim Crow, like that was like... Mm-hmm. That was the, the the peak time to to prevent uh, Negro rights at the time, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that we we were not a, we're, imagine if we did not have the Freedom Towers, or if we still had Emancipation Park, mm-hmm. or if this was a national holiday. <laughs> yeah, because it's yes. not <laughs> right. So it's a state holiday in all but four states, is what I saw. Is that? What you know? Mm, I don't. North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, and I can't remember the other one. Yeah. What is the What does the holiday look like? Yeah. I mean, it's an awkward holiday because, I mean, you're celebrating, but it's also like was really just the start of what is still an ongoing fight and struggle that's yeah. never been made right. Right. And it's something that, you know, Texas was the first to step in and do it. And that wasn't into the 1980s. <laughs> so, so it's like, yeah. it's like, what does what does celebration look like? I've seen videos of the parades and things down in Texas, and and but this isn't a Texas holiday. On for I mean, like I think I think that it, it's important that we step away from this just being something about Texas because it happened yeah. there, but it it was indicative to probably things that were happening across the mm-hmm. United States. Mm-hmm. It's just they were far enough away to keep it a secret <laughs> right? long enough. But I don't know what does it look like. But because for me, I've started, uh, I, I this year decided to buy my husband a gift, a Juneteenth gift. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited about that. He doesn't know yet. So I'm excited to give out a Juneteenth gift. We're going to give a little shout out to the maker of the gift, right? Yeah, and and talk to him about why he decided to do something like this. Because it's not often that you see brands saying, Juneteenth is a thing. Let me do something with my brand for this specific day. Hoods goods. Yeah. You know what time it is. It's where we, your neighbor's hood, choose to intentionally support an independent business as an act of respect. 
We acknowledge the tremendous amount of risk and challenges inherent to starting one's own business, but recognize that for minority people, specifically African-Americans, those challenges can be even higher. So we invite you to join us in celebrating this month's Hoods Goods. We're excited to introduce you to Randy Williams, president of Talion Twine Watch Company. As a young person, I grew up in a really small town, so I had to seek out inspiration from outside of my neighborhood, right? And outside of my town. And I looked for people who had success stories where they came from very little, but they were able to accomplish great things. And, you know, when I moved to Virginia, I just heard all of these bad stories about how bad this neighborhood was called Ida Barber. Uh, which, ironically enough, Ida Barber was a, a very important civil rights figure who uh, opened daycare for uh, black women who were in the service industry, but they didn't have any daycares that would take their black kids. <laughs> so she was so instrumental in, in uh, having child and starting a child care organization for them in, in Portsmouth. But anyway, I just hear, heard about the bad reputation that not only Portsmouth had, but this particular neighborhood in general. But uh, once I got engaged, me and my wife started looking for houses, and we found this house in that neighborhood. And what happened is the, the Redevelopment Housing Authority had just redeveloped the, the entire area and created a first-time home buyer's plan to allow people who were purchasing their first home to stay there and, you know, giving them help with becoming homeowners. So I decided to name my company after one of the intersections there, uh, Tally and Twine. Uh, and to me, it just represents that you don't have to finish the way that you started. You know, you can start off bad and, you know, make mistakes and mess up like we all do, but you don't have to finish that way. And I think oftentimes, just looking back on how I grew up, you know, a lot of people I grew up with, did they bought into the concept of that they are the summation of their mistakes. They are the summation of their environment and they bought into it. But, you know, those of us who believe that we could do something different, we did. To hear more from Randy and to find out where you can get your Juneteenth watch, check out our bonus episode, Hood's Goods, featuring Randy Williams of Talion Twine Watch Company. And now back to the show. So what does the rest of the day look like? What are you creating for your family and... I treat it like 4th of July. So barbecue, all that good stuff. Like, that's what it is. And I know it looks strange. My mom's super excited to <laughs> to have the barbecue and stuff. But, like, treat it like a celebration. The same way uh, most folks treat 4th of July. Only there's no city having fireworks. And there's no parade. Um, yeah. So... Is it weird for white people to celebrate Juneteenth? Um, is it weird for black people to celebrate the 4th of July? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. here here it is is the reason why we're asking each other those questions, I feel like is because we still have not dealt with the complexities of our nation's history. Mhm. Right? If you and I both were like yeah, we know the history. Heck yeah, we celebrate Juneteenth. Or yeah, we know the history. It's okay to celebrate uh, the 4th of July, but I'm at a point because I don't think that our nation has reconciled with it that 4th of July feels so uncomfortable for me. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't think that it would feel that way if we had done some of the same things that Germany did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I would feel that way. We're uncomfortable because... It has been unacknowledged. It has been unacknowledged. Absolutely. Absolutely. You end most shows by saying closer to history. And to mm-hmm. me, this is such a good example of why that is. Yeah. Because if I did find a way to celebrate it, then I would be folding in other white people. I would be using my point of privilege to fold in other white people to start to have conversations about it. Yeah. Yeah. And you would also probably piss off black people. You know, some people that don't understand that it's important to say as a as a white American, I think it was important that all slaves were free. So I'm going to celebrate the day that black slaves were free. And, you know, I think we want some things is is culturally it's like it's ours let us have it because so yeah. many things have been ripped away right so let us have our red soda and red cake yeah. and red <laughs> um why are you trying to take it and i think that it's just that discomfort we're gonna have to like it's gonna take people like you um to press through it you know acknowledging the past which our nation hasn't done while saying i am glad that this happened because it needed to happen that change mm-hmm. needed to happen and that's what i'm on board with and if i can celebrate with you i will celebrate with you and i will educate my peers my family my whoever in the process because people need to know you know my, my people essentially need to know yeah and, mm-hmm. and maybe it's about the way that it's celebrated too. Like, um, you know, I don't, I don't feel celebratory around it because I'm still benefiting from a system of oppression, whether I want to be or not. So I don't feel celebratory, but I can get behind feeling a memorial. Yeah. And and a teaching and like whenever we're allowed to mix and mingle with people again to there are plenty of things that you can do on days like that where we're still hoping to improve that aren't only celebratory. Yeah. So it's essentially you're treating the day like Memorial Day and I'm treating it like the 4th of July. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just beginning to, to think through myself what it, what it will look like and how to. And it is super awkward for me to think about <laughs> how to celebrate something like that. I mean, I'm, I'm lucky to have found spaces that are racially mixed where I feel like I wouldn't be the only person and I, I wouldn't necessarily be like spearheading something, but I could be supporting other people. Girl, spearhead the the f out of whatever you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I essentially what we're doing here is modeling, right? Even the conversation, it's modeling, and yeah. I I try to think about the things that I do as a as a way to model behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this because this is what I think is this is what I think is appropriate. Now you may look at what I do and say, that's not for me. That's okay. But I'm, I, what I'm trying to do is model positively, or sometimes it may feel negatively what I would expect from someone else. And I'm not saying that's the way you got to do it, but I am trying to be the change, right? Trying to change my corner of the world. And I think essentially, even if you're spearheading, um, there's with a growth mindset, there's space for that. Mm -hmm. There's space for that. Like, well, it feels like once you know about it, it seems weird to not acknowledge because mm. the not acknowledgement is is part of the problem. I, I watched um, in preparation for this, 
there's a, a blackish episode. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> um, and at the end of it, he says, if we start to acknowledge it, then maybe if we ever as a nation come together to ask forgiveness or make any sort of reparations, then maybe we as a people would be ready to accept that and be able to forgive at different levels at different times, you know? Yeah. What would it mean to you? What would it look like to you if our area had a big Juneteenth celebration? So I uh-huh. invite it. Like, I I would love, because we live in a town, in such an old town, I would love it if this town would have a conversation because it's so deep. These The harbor, we know that some of the first slaves came into the harbors of where we live, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what would that look like for this old town to even reconcile with that? And then walk years forward, like walk forward in history, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The last city to desegregate, like the government had to be like, we're going to take funding from your your hospitals and your schools if you all don't desegregate right here where we live. So Mm -hmm. like, I, I think that would be I think it would be so dope. I think it would be a a very forward thinking. Actually, it's not even forward thinking at this point to have the conversation. I just think it would be on par. It would be uh, par for course. Long overdue. (laughs) (laughs) Because the truth of the matter is, is where we are, if I'm talking specific to where we are in the mid-Atlantic area and in, in, in many areas, is that there is George Washington money in here and there's George Washington slaves money here, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it is time, right? Like yeah, it's ground zero for it's a old. whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> it's old stuff. But this year, Hannah, what I think I'm going to do um, is I'm going to order the uh, Juneteenth flag. I didn't know there was one until I was preparing for this episode. Uh-huh. It's really cool. I don't mean to say cool, but I just didn't know that there was a Juneteenth flag. So yeah. it's like um, it looks like the Texas flag, but it has like this. I don't know what they call it. They said it's the the star in the middle to pay homage to Texas while there's like a bursting new star the, on the horizon uh, mm-hmm. of the red and blue fields would ret- represent freedom and new people. I'm going to show it to you so you can see it. Oh, cool. So you can order it? Yeah, I'm going to try to. I'm going to look on Amazon to see if it's there. But yeah, I definitely want to get that flag and put it out because I feel like those things are conversation starters for me Mm -hmm. because I'm that Mm -hmm. old lady. I'm not old lady. I'm the young old lady on the block that speaks to everyone (laughs) and (laughs) will talk to you about whatever, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Let's let's. I, what does it look like for you? So, what are you thinking about Juneteenth? Well, um, what I what I did was start to look for books, and um, there are children's books because I just I at least want to start start in my own house. So I always say baby steps. The one book that I found so far seems like it's ri- aimed at a little higher aid than the little ones I've got, but. I don't know. I, I, what I think I need to do is at least have more conversations with white people around that day. Yeah. Looking up the book. Juneteenth for Maisie, written by Floyd Cooper. Maisie's ready to celebrate liberty. She is ready to celebrate freedom. She's ready to celebrate a great day in American history, the day her ancestors are no longer slaves. Maisie remembers the struggles and triumph, and she gets ready to celebrate Juneteenth. 
I don't know. Maybe there is no such thing as too young. I don't I don't know that it is. I mean, because we're indoctrinating, right? That's what we're yeah. doing. My children are being indoctrinated into the 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 Will's ways of Jackie and their dad and your parent your your children are doing the same. And the the fortunate unfortunate thing is that I'm learning about parenting is that um the good, the bad, the ugly doesn't really leave you. <laughs> So I try to hopefully do more good than bad and ugly. <laughs> All right. As early as possible, right? <laughs> yep. All right. Added to my cart. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. Maybe that's, yeah, I think there, there's space for that. Let me know, like, um, how that, how it is. I mean... Because, like, I think we've said this time and time again, is that we we all sat in these classrooms for social studies and history and were lied to or given half-truths or yeah. thirds of truths or sixteenths of truths. Uh, so it, it, we're all coming from a place of just trying to learn, um, learn history. So yeah. just as folks talk about the Great Migration, let's hope they talk about the Great the Scatter. That's when the, the the slaves left Texas to go find their people. That that's mm-hmm. important to know. So I guess, I guess we're at that. So what now? What like I think? Well, can I ask one question before yeah. we get there? Yeah, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, we talked about this as we were thinking about what this episode would look like, but I just want to put it out there in the minds of people listening and in your mind and see if you have any response to what it would be like if let's say Johnson wasn't elected 40 acres and a mule I'm calling you up to see if I could come visit your oceanfront property somewhere (laughs) like what what could we be what could the world look like if that would have if we would have followed through on that and acknowledged it back then if Juneteenth was regularly celebrated I think when I hear, when you say that, and maybe it's me already, like I said, coming into this podcast sensitive, right? Coming into it with my own mess between life as we know it, is that like, I feel like my heart hurts. And I don't know if it's anxiety or anxiousness because like I'm genuinely trying to do a good job right like I'm and I understand that a part of being able to be uh, an American and do a good job has a lot to do with economics Mm -hmm. and so when I think about that I'm just it, it it I don't know if I would be alive you know that circumstances would have made my parents come together I don't know that I would be alive um if that had happened but I do know that I wouldn't be a first generation homeowner, right? Like that I know whatever the lineage was from whomever I would have possibly come from, that they would be in a much better place because I feel like as brilliant as my husband is and as brilliant as I am, there's no way that we we should be. And granted, I am in the mid upper middle class and I'm and I thank the military for giving me the opportunity to do a lot of the things that we're able to do. But I'm like, we're brilliant people like we would. I don't who knows what we would be if there just 
had it been the opportunity for those before us to have that one thing that we're missing that pushes people over the edge, and that's the the economic or economic advantage. Mm-hmm. Not even advantage, but oh shit, like a right, like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we can call it advantage. No. after what it came from, yeah. like it's not even real repayment. No, it's just wild for to me. building a country. It makes me, I get anxiety just thinking about it because I'm like, how many years are we behind and how much further are we falling behind when we see these stories of like our system is failing? We are getting trillionaires. Like that is, that tells you something's not right. Something Mm -hmm. is not right. So it's like, yeah, where, where would we be? Where would we be? Real estate is the thing, right? Real estate is sometimes the great equalizer when grandma's house keeps getting passed down Mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about like it's facts. Yeah. (laughs) So I get I get angry. I get sad. I get anxious. And it just it kind of makes me a little sick to try to think about it because I don't know because I feel great. Like I feel like I'm a great person. I feel like I have a lot to contribute. But it's like I'm trying to make up economically for what has not been there. Like wealth is not given, it's transferred, right? Right, mm-hmm. you don't just, I don't just come, it's it's a transfer of wealth. And so like, I'm trying to be a point of transfer. So it's like really fucking hard sometimes to say, okay, like all of the things that I have to nail down, I can't do this, I have to invest here. Like sometimes I just wanna have a good time, but I'm trying to create generational wealth. So like, I have to make the decisions right now to create wealth. And it mm-hmm. shouldn't be starting with me at 2020, like, or, well, whenever we started thinking this way years ago, like it shouldn't be starting with me. It's a lot of sacrifice. So that's, yeah, that's how I feel. Like genuinely, like I, it's a mixture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's also a reminder this day, if I was to, and I don't know, what do you think? What are your thoughts on? Hmm. I feel deeply, I feel also a deep gaping wound for the um, shame and guilt and inequality and discomfort and anxiety and energy that is put on us now because of a thing that should have been done a long time ago um, and will be way harder to solve because in the meantime, and even as we speak, things continue to add up. That pile of debt continues to get higher and higher and higher with every single thing I mean not only real estate but in the in the pandemic we're in and we see how that's affecting people differently all these things everything since that moment has gotten worse so how can you at this point begin but on the other hand you can't not try so at least this is a step at least starting at least I mean, it's the very, very, very least we could do, I guess. Is that so what, now what? I, I'm, I'm guessing so. 
And I will say to you, as my husband says to me, the least you could do is nothing, Jackie. <laughs> what a jerk, right? He always, I'm like, it's the least I could do. No, you, the least you could do is nothing. So well, that's true. You're but, doing better but, than the least. There's, there's a lot of people doing nothing. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I, I'm with you on that with the, so what now what I just, I would say too, as part of my, so what now what is that while I am in a mode to celebrate on Juneteenth, Juneteenth, um, I also feel like it's these sort of things and even my little tear today, it's these sort of things that refresh my memory about how the freedom of other people is a problem for a lot of folks. And, and I'm going beyond the race thing, right? Whatever that's financial freedom or that's women, gender being freedom, like freedom's a problem. And I am trying to be, uh, to hold that while not, um, without being a part of the problem, right? Like, I understand that in saying that, the first thing that comes to mind is a white male, right? When I say freedom is a problem, and it's like, there's only one brand of people that that's a problem for, which is not true. It it is it is a it is a generalization that ha, that it ha, is rooted in some truth, um, because that's where it, essentially it sort of started for this country, right? Uh, this different form of forever slavery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there are many people in this world that have adopted that ideology, and I try to remember that and hold on to it and. Um, make that be the reason why I continue because freedom is a problem. I'm always, we're always going to run into roadblocks when we're trying to do right by people. It's, it's just a testament of the time. But like you said, it, uh, ain't going to stop. (laughs) Ain't going to stop. If we hold on to that as a known that we can continue to work in through because I think I hope I'd like to hope that it's more of us that don't have a problem with the freedoms of others uh, when it makes sense than not. I feel like my plan is kind of weak sauce though. I'm just going to say that. It's okay. You can have your feelings, but share. <laughs> my, uh, like my plan for Juneteenth. Yeah. Okay. What's your plan? What's your plan? Hannah? Well, I mean, I want to now get a flag. I want to get the book. I want to. I want to do some things, but it feels like weak sauce. It feels like um, when we talk. Sometimes I notice the privilege on me is that is the luxury of being like I could do something or not. And for you, it's a re-energizer. It's a reminder. It's a a renewal of your commitment to make this change because you have to. And I hate. I hate the idea, the false belief in white people that they have some option in this. Because I don't think that's really true. But could it not also be an energizer for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It is. It is an energizer for me. And, but I'm saying the... um it's just a, a point of me really recognizing the the privilege in the matter is the ability to 
ignore or not do something. But I think the beauty in the matter is that you've chosen, you've made a choice not to, and it's more than you've done ever before. Yeah. That's, that's a fact. Have you ever wanted yeah. to get a Juneteenth flag? Have you ever no. put the book, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you said it before and you said it now, it's baby steps to betterment. But um, part of that baby steps is, you know, bringing the baby along. So I, I think that... I'm grateful that you're doing it because I, like I, I understand that could, could white Americans do more? Yes. But I, I also know that there is a, I don't know what it's like to be on that side of things and have to kind of be worried about, actually I do in my own way, about what other black Americans are going to say. And then the, the weighing of, will I get ostracized by fellow white Americans for what I'm doing? So, mm-hmm. um, so those things are not something that sit with me or that I really have to worry about because the, the, the truth of the matter is, is you still got to live. There's an expectation that you do something, that you do your work, whatever that looks like, but you also have to live. So um, the small things I think are much appreciated. I'd love to hear what our listeners think about me too about it all. I'd yeah. love to hear what they think about it all. Yeah, so if you are having thoughts while you're listening, the moment to tune in is the fourth Tuesday of every month at 8.30. We're on Facebook Live. The So What Now What is kind of one step, but then usually it sends me thinking about it a lot deeper. And if that's the same for you, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Yes, you can email us at yourneighborshood at gmail.com. You can go to social media, find us in all the spots, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And if you love what we do so much, it's okay to go to our Patreon and support us that way as well. Um, Because we do want to keep doing this and we want to make those steps. With you, with you, with you. Even a like or a review would help. Yes, that too. (laughs) That too. Hannah, it's always a blessing. Same, friend. You heard it here first. Take your baby step to betterment. Stay open, stay curious. And make it a great day closer to history.